0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, for the first time tuning into the show, uh, a little bit about me and my show, and then we'll kind of launch in. Uh, this is uh, I do a monthly column called Snake Oil that I write. Uh, I've got about 1,700 people subscribing to the column now, if you're not already getting Uh, the monthly email newsletter. It is free. You just have to email me at venturasaj at yahoo.com and I can add you to the monthly newsletter mailing list um, so you can get all my columns and all the good stuff uh, once a month. Uh, It's blind copied so no one will ever get your email address from me also. Uh, But this is my live show on air which I do once or twice a month now. I'm going to do a live column read and uh, we'll talk about this month's uh, particular column. Uh, if you'd like some more information about the work that I do, I am a professional astrologer, uh, numerology, tarot, uh, runes, all kinds of different oracles that I've worked with for many, many years. Uh, I refer to myself as a navigational consultant. Uh, I do uh, personal sessions here in my home office in Phoenix with clients as well as uh, phone consultations, all that good information about uh, how to set up an appointment and uh, books I have and all the other good stuff is available on my website at jimventura.com. So go check that out if you're interested in any of those things. Uh, But today we're going to do a live column read because this month's column was a new column. And uh I have to tell you right off the bat before we start this uh forty five minute show, which is gonna go by rapidly,
1: that it really
0: was tough getting online to get this show going. I'm still having trouble. I can't open the chat room window. I don't think I can take callers, uh, which I don't normally I don't normally do that anyway during the live column reads, but uh it definitely was a bit of a bitch to get on here. There was seems to be some kind of problem with the server, but I got through so I am assuming this show is live and ultimately recording. So uh, anyway, it uh, definitely was, uh, you know, I got literally on and set one minute before the show started. Normally I'm I'm set up and ready to go for about 15 minutes beforehand. So I'm assuming it must be having some type of technical difficulties. So I'll try to open the chat window, but at this point it keeps giving me a server-too-busy signal so I don't think we're going to get open to that. Okay, uh, let's see. All right, so let's do the column read, then we'll talk a little bit about it. Some really good information in this particular uh, column, and I also want to talk to you a little bit about some of the reactions that I had from a few uh, clients and people to this, uh, both good and, of course, the occasional bad, which I am fine with for multiple reasons. Uh, you know, notable success is when You irritate people a little bit, too, and uh, I'm sure I have done that before, Uh, and that's okay. (laughs) I'm not attempting to be antagonistic, Uh, just sometimes people, uh, uh, you know, are are reactive. Uh, Okay, so uh, this particular column is called Burn, Baby, Burn. The winter season in the month of December is an instinctive time to slow down and to recharge our batteries. Holiday obligations and the added intensity makes this easier said than done. Yet the month of winter solstice is about releasing, recharging, restoration, and planting new potential seeds for the coming year. I've noticed that I and a lot of other people get mildly sick around this time every year. When I was younger, I would often get a cold or even the flu during the winter months. Now, at best, it's usually just a mild sinus infection that contributes to me sleeping more than usual and feeling a little bit less motivated. Over the years, for many different reasons, my immune system has gotten a lot stronger. And I still feel this mild discomfort each year. Business for me is typically slower than most other months in December. And being that I am a fire sign, I often feel uncomfortable when I'm laying around too much. The extra time off to relax and benefits of a less active time were great, yet I was still battling feeling that I should be doing something more, possibly to get ahead of my writing, to do some promotions, just to do something, quote, worthwhile. My income was taking a hit, and more was going out than coming in. I knew it was temporary, but I was still uncomfortable. Unfortunately, my internal battle became an external one. I had the second pedicure ever in my life in the middle of December. The young stylist was eager to convince me that regular pedicures were a good thing, so was extra diligent in doing a thorough job. He often goes above and beyond when I get any service from him. After 45 minutes of him scrubbing each foot and putting my feet back into the solution, my right foot started to sting a bit. He was working more on my right foot than my left, and I thought it was rather a rather long time for a pedicure. To the end, my right foot was really hurting. I was happy when he finished, so I could pay and head home. My right foot was very red and was definitely stinging when I drove home. And within about two hours, the redness and burning sensation got worse. It looked like I had a chemical burn. Oddly, it was most burnt on the top of the feet, and also on my Achilles tendon. My left foot was strangely fine. I wish I would stopped the procedure when it started to hurt, but being someone who doesn't overreact much to physical pain, hell, I've always considered emotional pain to be much worse anyway. There was nothing I can do about it after the fact. I contacted the shop, took a picture, and let them know what had happened. For almost six days, it was hard to walk. The first two days were extremely painful. It quickly began to heal, and the scabbing hurt as well. At the time, I was about 215 pounds. All this weight leaning on a burned, scabbed foot was no easy task to contend with. The only relief I would have was to lay around, watch television, nap more with my foot propped up. I had to lean on my left side more to get around, and it simply hurt like hell. I wrapped it up with a stretchable bandage and only went out when I had to. Soft slippers were my footwear of choice. I had an impulse to buy slippers two days before this happened, so it was beneficial that I had them. I went food shopping and ran errands in my old man slippers and minimalized all activities for about a week. If it hadn't hurt so much, it would have actually been a comical event. Originally, I contemplated whether I should go to the doctor when it happened. A bit of worry and fear about what if it got infected ran through my mind. I looked up how to treat a burn online. I coated it with honey the first day to stop the possibility of infection early. Then I used white vinegar and eventually uh, sprayed, uh, I spades, sprayed it with colloidal silver, both natural antibiotics, a few times each day. I honestly spent about an hour extremely worried the second day about whether I was nuts to not go to a hospital or a doctor. So on the peak of my worry, I noticed the clock in my bedroom was at 444. I knew this was an angel message. So I went to my office to look for my angel number meaning book, Angel Numbers 101, by uh, Doreen Virtue, I believe, yes, uh, I got distracted for about five minutes by a few other things, yet when I picked up my cell phone, it now also read 444. My bedroom clock must have been fast, apparently. I was supposed to read the message that finally helped me to release my worry completely. The message was, there are angels, they're everywhere around you, you're completely loved, supported, and guided by many heavenly beings, and you have nothing to fear. The practical reasons around my burn were clear. The overrubbing of my right foot clearly irritated the skin. I also had a mild case of hardly noticeable bumps on my right foot for about 15 years now. I theorized that during a period of hiking a lot in the canyons all over Arizona, I must have gotten a skin reaction from certain plants that just simply never went away. My right foot may have reacted strongly to this combination with the excessive work on that foot. There might even have been an agent in the soaking solution that I reacted to as well. The other reason for the burn, of course, was metaphysical. When we struggle with an issue, we first attempt to resolve it mentally, then emotionally, sometimes in the reverse order depending on how we're wired, by the way. When we fail to solve it at either of those levels, it will often become a physical issue because there are no accidents. I had to wonder what inside of me drew this uncomfortable lesson to my physical body. It was clear that I was resisting trusting my feminine side and my ability to receive. I kept thinking I should take practical forward steps to solve the issue. When we have problems on the left side of the body in any form, they have to do with the past, the feminine, and receptivity. When we have problems on the right side of our body, they have to do with the masculine, assertiveness, and the future. Our feet represent our understanding of ourselves and our unique lives, past, present, and future. Young children often dance with happy feet. While very old people often have trouble walking and may shuffle and be reluctant to move. Those last couple lines were a quote, by the way, from uh, You Can Hear Your Life by Louise a. They may struggle with the sense of no steps to take forward anymore. I burned my right foot. I was actually forced to lean on my left side or I experienced extreme pain. There's a good chance that if I had relaxed, slowed down, and trusted my ability to draw what I needed to myself, I would not have needed to experience the physical discomfort of this right foot burn at all. The accident forced me to be unable to move very much. My intuition was clear about enjoying the slower time of December. I felt that January would be busy. It always is. And I would be fine to lean a little on my savings if I needed. The problem was needless worry and impatience. I believed I should be moving forward instead of just sitting still. Old limiting beliefs that I was talented but lazy guy who was never doing enough were the obstacle, not the solution. January ended up, of course, being a really good month for business. My income adjusted to a comfortable place. I took my usual weekly trip to the casino even when my foot was at its worst that first week of the burn. It wasn't easy, but the people that worked there and some friends I often see on the same machines I play were happy to assist me. I had my foot propped up on another chair and played video poker. I was extremely lucky and left up $506. The next day I received a Christmas gift for $250 in the mail from my mother. A few days after that, certificates for her family I received the money I needed without working at all. I never had to dig into my savings. The older and wiser I get, the less often I experience lessons like these. Still, once in a while I stumble or burn myself along the way. My foot is healed. I still sometimes run errands wearing my old man's slippers, by the way. I actually don't need to. It just feels really comfortable and that's an attribute that I'm open to experiencing lots more now and in the future. Okay, so this was the. Uh, obviously, this is something that happened to me in December. Uh, it took me a little while to get it written, of course. And uh, no, I still can't open the chat room here. Okay, I guess we're not going to have a chat room open for this radio show, and uh, and, and we're just going to have to go with that. Okay, uh, I, my own perfectionism is irritated by the fact that I can't get into a, having a chat room open. But it took me a little while, obviously, to write this column. Hey, um, I had to kind of walk through the experience. And and, and, and like I said in the piece, uh, this is true, um, it it was tough. I mean, I'm a pretty hardy person physically and and uh, energetically, so I can handle quite a bit of pain. I didn't really need painkillers or anything like that, even though I'm sure most people would have panicked and gone to a doctor. And I do have... Um, sub-medical coverage through the AMA, but uh, I have not used it because, as I've mentioned many shows, primarily I use alternative medicine as opposed to Western medicine. You know, but that, that practical thought me, when it was burns, was a little bit like, dude, if your you know, foot gets affected or something, you're going to look back and, and regret this. You know, and then on top of it, what I'd like to mention is I had a couple people tell me that I could theoretically sue the shop and the person who had done this, which of course I was not going to do. One, the the stylist who who worked on the pedicure in some ways as a friend. Um, I don't blame them. I don't. That was certainly not his intention. Uh, he definitely overworked the foot. There's no question about that. But I, I'm not doing that. You know, uh, was completely unnecessary. Um, I recognize ultimately that this was something I had created for myself unconsciously. Um, I didn't get up in the morning and say, wouldn't it be nice to burn the crap out of my foot? <laughs> but there was, again, as I had talked about, there were deeper meanings behind this. So I always, you know, that the, the book You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay is what I humorously joke as the, you know, one of the metaphysical Bibles, so to speak, that uh, if you don't already have, you probably would want to have that in your library, uh, so to speak, it is excellent. Um, She lists the emotional, psychological causes behind most types of illnesses or discomforts that you have. But as I pointed out in the piece, again, the right side of the body has to assertiveness, aggressiveness, the forward steps that we take. The left side of the body, again, is the past, the feminine, the receptive. So just from that angle, if you sprain your right um, wrist, it's a little different in meaning than your left, and same thing with the right foot than the left foot. Um, in general, you can look at the body this way uh, as as reflecting what's going on at one level or another. So me burning the right foot was the, the burning. Uh, it is so literal. I was burning internally about that I should be doing something. I should be taking action. I should be. I should be. And, you know, that is, it's connected with a lot of beliefs I had from my family and, and and how you're supposed to be in the world and this belief that I'm lazy, which I'm really actually not. Um, it's just something that, that's buried in my consciousness in a lot of ways. It's even funny because I'm a very moving centered person. And even when I, like, watch TV, and I, I do watch a fair amount of television, it's, like, sort of a relaxing thing for me. Um, What's interesting is i don't I won't sit for like three hours if I'm watching something uh i I'll get up and pause it and and maybe go wash some dishes and check email every few hours or get something to eat or take a walk or go play with the cat or you know check my cell phone to see if I have any messages from friends or you know or check uh, email for clients and then I'll go back to watching it and i'm I'm very it really it's amazing that I'm so convinced how lazy I am. Because I'm just not. <laughs> I go to the gym four or five times a week for an hour and a half, and I i mean, there's a lot of stuff that I, I get done. And uh, uh, I, it's, just, again, it's just funny. It's a lot of belief. So for me, what, what the struggle was, was, you know, I'm watching some of my money go down, and it's tight, and it's like, dude, what are you doing? You're just laying around. But, you know, again, if I just listen to my intuition, it was clear that that's kind of what I felt like doing. I didn't want to work that much. And it's going with the flow of the time and the season. This is December. People are Christmas shopping and flipping out about family coming and and running around. And then your instinct is to uh, relax, recharge, reboot anyway. It's just another reason why Christmas is very poorly placed in in terms of of flow of timing. and uh, uh so I had all these messages, and then I listened, but I didn't. I got panicky, and then this issue came up, and I was just literally forced to lay around. <laughs> and And again, as I mentioned in the piece, you know uh, I, I the money that I needed ended up coming to me kind of by me doing nothing and and receptive feminine, leaning on my left side and I want and to take away the, the practical side of this, this was really really tough, when the when the foot scabbed, which again it did very quickly um, you know, a lot of this was like again on my Achilles tendon I mean, man, it hurt like hell you know, again, unless I had my foot propped up and, and I relaxed so, what I want to tell people again is there's always deeper meanings behind all events, ultimately our beliefs Uh, create our reality. Now, here's what I wanted to kind of bring up that was interesting, because I had a a client about three years ago that shall ultimately obviously remain nameless, who had gone through the very, very difficult process of losing a child to cancer. Um, I believe the child was very young, only three or four And unfortunately, when she went through a very, very painful experience uh, and and my heart truly went out for her to have have gone through something like that, Um, she has another child and, uh, you know, she moved on. But that's something that, again, is going to affect you in some ways for the rest of your life. And she had got my column for a couple of years. And when this column came out, she emailed me and asked to be removed from my mailing list. And I'm guessing she read the column. And and probably, and this is theoretical, but uh, what she was probably struggling with is me talking about the idea that you, in essence, at some level, create an illness or a difficulty. How do you rectify that with the idea that a three-year-old would, quote-unquote, create cancer? Now, these are tough kind of metaphysical Subject points that can surface and come up that, that, that do well to be discussed. And I am the type of person that does not mind discussing them. So, when you're an adult or when you're a child, your beliefs form your reality. Although, you know, when you're a child, a lot of your beliefs center around what your family has taught you when you're very small. We develop beliefs and perspective on things as we get older. Now, In the case with a child experiencing something like that, no, that's a different construct than the experience as an adult. So let me kind of elaborate on this. And in a more extreme example, for instance, cancer, there's a lot of reasons that go into cancer. uh, And and they, they vary between person to person, what type of cancer someone has, there's so much more to it. You know, if you get lung cancer and you worked in a coal mine for many years, you ultimately, uh, you know, were affected by the coal and other factors that physically affected you. Yet, at another level, still, your beliefs form your reality. So, the energy pattern behind cancer, as an example, is hopelessness and anger. When those two qualities are combined and a person brews on that for a very long time, those two things, feeling hopeless and angry about something. Cancer cooks at some level in the body. Now, it doesn't always necessarily manifest as cancer. So, you know, you can understand that there can be a coal miner who uh, works in in the coal field and and loves it and is a happy life and, and all those things, and that person may be less inclined to necessarily get cancer, or they still may. Or there may be someone who resents it and struggles and is unhappy at other levels as well. Again, always deeper meanings behind an illness at one level or another. But there are multiple layers to how an event occurs. Now, very few 3 year olds or four-year-olders are, are hopeless and angry. So that's not where it stems from in a child uh, in that respect. Again, these are really attributes we're talking about in relation to an adult and the perceptions and experiences that we have. In the case with children, when things like this happen, um, often there's some pattern behind the parents at one level, and that experience may be played out through the children. But more often than not, really what ultimately is going on, is you have to remember in the larger picture, we live many lifetimes. For experiences as well, uh, you'll have lifetimes where you are wealthy, where you're poor, where you're black, where you're white, where you're gay, where you're straight, where you're beautiful, where you're not beautiful. You know, this is such a varied range of experiences of what it takes to be a human being. So on that note, there are uh, lifetimes where we will live to the ripe old age of 97 or 103, and there are lifetimes where we may uh, live only until 60. Um, And here's the uncomfortable part there also are lifetimes where we may only live to the age of three. And that is an experience along the way that we will have during our reincarnational cycles in a highly probable way that you'll have a lifetime where you die at a young age. Um, listen, as human beings, we always react to that in in an extreme way because the loss of a young person is particularly painful. It's sad when you lose your 89-year-old mom or dad, and very sad and very upsetting, but when a child passes, this is a much more profoundly painful thing because we feel like the child never ultimately lived and got to experience all those elements of life. In the larger picture, you'll have many lifetimes, and you will, but again, it's more experiential. So in the case with children, it's not so much typically forming that reality or that, again, in the case of cancer, they're experiencing hopelessness and anger because for the most part, they're probably not. And in, in this case, with, with this woman, I, I very much doubt that the child experienced that. This is a different construct in that way, that, yes, you will have lifetimes where you uh, die in crib death or you die at 11. You know I mean? There's a, there's a wider range of experience that we have and this is hard to grasp at a human level, but it's easier to grasp at a spiritual larger level. So, I'm never talking about a child creating it. But as an adult and a functioning person with conscious beliefs, when we repress something inside of us and don't come to terms with it, you know, like I had said in the piece, the, we're either going to uh, try to work it out mentally um, or we will uh, ultimately uh, then try to work at it emotionally, or vice versa, depending in order. When it doesn't get there, then it eventually comes into the body. At one level, of something that's played out. That's why the book, You Can Hear Your Life by Louise Hay, is very interesting because she lists a lot of very major types of illnesses and things a person could experience, and what the energetic pattern is behind it. Um, when I, I'm going to read a couple of these out of the book directly. Listen, when I first got this, I struggled with the idea myself that, you know, there was always some type of meaning behind an illness. You know, to me, the practical side was like, you know, it's just you just, sometimes you have an illness. You just get something. You're in the wrong place at the wrong time. You ate the wrong foods, all the other I struggle with that just as much as anyone else would. But the reason I stand behind this so strongly is I'm 52 years old. I've been studying this stuff for a lot of years. I've seen no variation ultimately where this has ever been wrong. It's just right at some level. Um, so let, let me list a couple of kind of, of kinda, um, you know, uh, some of the stuff that's listed in here. Um Some, you know, more obvious than others, but all very, very interesting. Um, Okay, let me see what I opened up to. Um, uh, Pneumonia. Uh, Desperate, tired of life, emotional wounds that are not able to heal. When that's the pattern, emotionally, psychologically, there's a potential for pneumonia surfacing. Um, Let's look at a couple other ones here. Uh, Let's see, how about... uh, (laughs) Uh, some of these are really. I, I, I'm 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 trying to be selective in in some of this because it's pretty pretty intense. Some of the things that she lists, she really does a really great job of listing of of listing a lot of of different types of things. Uh, for instance, neck problems, refusing to see the other side of a question, stubbornness and inflexibility. Um, I've had a very minor. Uh, discomfort in my neck The last uh, couple of days I just realized that and uh, I, I Practically it was probably because Of some poor maneuvering at the gym When I was lifting But um, I can see It's very minor by the way I can see a little bit Of that being in play right now With something that I've been a little bit obstinate About that I'm trying to work through um, So uh, That's very interesting uh, Kidney problems Criticism, disappointment, failure, shame, and reacting like a little kid. Um, uh, Let's see, again, she's just got so many of them. I mean, not everything is ultimately listed, uh, but uh, uh, quite a a bit are, uh, let's see, um, jaw problems, anger, resentment, a desire for revenge, Uh, herpes, mass belief in sexual guilt and the need for punishment public shame, belief in a punishing God, rejection of the genitals, hernias, ruptured relationships, strains, burdens, incorrect creative expression. Uh, I had a buddy years ago that had a hernia, and by the way, I had a hernia when I was like one years old. Again, uh, it's unlikely that I had ruptured relationships uh, (laughs) when I was one years old, but my perspective on how why I had a hernia when I was a kid is that there was a carryover from other lifetimes that I was still uh, resistant to working through. And, yes, I, I came into this world very relationship-oriented, but uh, my teens through my 20s to early 30s were a lot of ruptured relationships. It was almost like it came even before I experienced it tangibly, but I think I was carrying it energetically. I had a buddy years ago that had a hernia, and uh, thankfully it was Corrected within reason, but he was battling with his uh, fiance and, and his wife constantly. Um, now they get along actually really really well. And she mentions incorrect creative expression. He grew up in a family where he was often taught the way he was, the way he expressed himself was wrong. So, ergo, here we have uh, you know Ernia, uh, head problems, fear of going forward in major decisions, or nothing to move forward to. Again, interesting, standing back and looking at this, a lot of older people who have hip problems, you know, may feel there's nothing to move forward to in life anymore. Uh, One of the reasons why I really recommend uh, full-on retirement. I think you've just got to still do something. That's a big part of being fulfilled. It doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, ultimately connected with the job. Uh, My mother. Uh, perfect example of, of someone who has, uh, who's diabetic. Um, and diabetes is longing for what might have been a great need to control things, deep sorrow, no sweetness left. And, but, you know, trust me, that pattern describes my mother in many, many ways to a T. Uh, she's more than that, as we all are, but that pattern does ultimately fit. So, uh, again, there's just so many great, uh, things listed here. Um, bronchitis inflamed family environments, arguments, and yelling, um, and sometimes retreat and, and brings being silent. Uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, interesting, uh, bruises represent the little bumps in life, self-punishment, uh, Breast problems represent mothering and nurturing, uh, the body odor, fear, dislike of self and a fear of others, uh, boils, anger, boiling over, seething. Uh, you know, the, the more obvious one, I think, would be uh, also something like uh, acne. Uh, I'm sure she's got a list of acne here, so let me see if I can get to the acne no accepting of the self, a dislike of the self. A lot of young people experience acne. Again, very fitting. So, uh, great book, highly recommend ultimately getting that. It's been a real huge help for me at a lot of levels because, and, and, and here's why I'm so adamant about kind of pushing this subject, so to speak, to, uh, to my audience, even if it does make people uncomfortable sometimes. I have an abnormal ability to heal very rapidly. Uh, if I have an illness or difficulty, um, I think, again, physically, I'm, I'm a very hardy person and I'm strong and I, I eat fairly well and you know all the other pragmatic things that are, relate to that. Astrologically, I have Venus in the sixth house. That is a huge help if you understand astrology in that respect. That being said, when you can figure out what the emotional psychological cause is behind an illness, you do increase the probability of faster healing. Um, It may be that you find the right medicine. It may be that you find the right doctor that may be intertwined with the experience, but you're more inclined to heal more rapidly than uh, if you don't address it from that angle. What I think often happens, like again, in the cases of something like surgery, I think if you have an emotional psychological issue and you need, and that becomes a physical one and you need surgery for some reason, again, there's no argument about the practicalities of it. I'm just trying to get my, my listeners to ultimately understand that we can, we can look at all events being entwined at multiple levels. But when you get surgery and something is cut out or fixed that way, I think often what happens is during your recuperation time, Um, it's tough on the body anytime you have surgery, of course, because it's invasive, but it can work and can be an effective tool. I think that what happens is we often kind of resolve whatever issue we have while we're recuperating. We begin to look at it from another perspective. So the surgery, not only physically in some respects, quote-unquote, healed it, but it also becomes... You know that we now have shifted our beliefs, our perspective. We've changed gears, and that is the key. But you know, my me being more inclined toward alternative medicine is because I've studied it. I do know that it works. Um, We had a a very um, active allergy season. Uh, This is typically in Arizona one of the worst times because the pollen counts are very high, the juniper and ragweed and various other things and I do have some allergies, and yes, I know what the meaning is behind that. It has gotten a lot better, but I still you know, have some allergy stuff. But I had uh, gone online and I saw a, a website that where there was a guy who did a little video and he was showing how to use acupressure points around your nose, your eyes, and your face to help move sinus issues through. So I had been doing that for the last month and a half during the allergy season, and I kind of experienced an entire allergy season with basically no allergies. (laughs) You know, it's like one of those things where I'm just watching TV at night, thinking of being lazy. But here I am pressing acupressure points and doing all the other things that I do, nail clippers by my remote control and tweezers. So uh, this guy in his 50s, I don't have hairs coming out of my ear and all the disgusting things. I mean, just pragmatic. I'm doing stuff even while I'm watching TV, uh, being a moving-centric person but uh um the acupressure thing seemed to make me not have too much a reaction, and then, about a week and a half ago, it got really, really bad. It just the uh, pollen counts were the highest in years, and I ended up getting a kind of a mild sinus infection. But it went through very fast. I only had it for a couple of days. uh now a lot of people around me are still suffering, and I'm not at all. It's totally kind of moved through. I think it was because I was using those acupressure points. Um, And also, I know a lot of other things about uh, garlic and lemon and other factors that that help flush something out. And then it had to do with other deeper issues, which I'll probably write about in a future snake oil column in the next few months about me still having some trouble with receiving because that's what allergies are often about, comfort with receiving, similar to things like asthma and, and, and issues like that, breathing in the full abundance of life. And I have been having living in a very abundant time. Things are going very well in a lot of areas of my life. And I think there was that pocket of me, energetically, emotionally, that still was clinging to old beliefs that suffering is somehow good and that if I have too much abundance, somehow it's bad. And, you know, this tracks into religious stuff that I have mostly worked through. But let's face it, uh, I had eight years of Catholic school and a lot of religious stuff that... There was some good in it, but most of it had left me feeling, you know, not worthy at one level or another. And I've worked through 90% of it, but there's still pockets of stuff that I'm going through. So that's what the, the sinus stuff had to do with. But also it healed quickly because I knew what to do to move it through, and I figured out what the issue was that was going on. But that's what I'm talking about here, guys. That's why I, I kind of push at this stuff. You know, sometimes, you know, when I talk to clients – I have something that I call a regular client program, where I have clients from all over the country and as well as locally that see me uh, or call in for their sessions uh, quarterly. Uh, very reasonable uh, rates when you do quarterly. Uh, you're coming more often than someone just coming in randomly, so the rates are, uh, are discounted. And um, I have people that even come monthly. Which is the most I'll do. I won't do weeklies. Uh, the, you know, I think this is not like psychology. You need some time to process. But you know, and it's a great program. And I've done this for many years. I've helped a lot of people this way. Uh, I really get to know people, um, and I've seen such tremendous breakthroughs and change with the clients I've worked with over the years. I'm very proud of it. But even with some of my really hardcore regulars. When you present the idea, if they're going through a difficulty, whether present or in their past, that they created it because of their beliefs, I do, of course, encounter people sometimes getting resistant to that. Uh, And I understand that. Uh, No one wants to own a bad experience and then say, well, I created it. If you were, uh, for instance, let's talk about an extreme example. If you were... Uh, in an abusive relationship in your 20s and now you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, no one wants to think that I created that abusive bastard who abused me. But the uncomfortable part is at some level you did. And it does not excuse the abuser, uh, make them not at fault, because clearly they are. But if you had high self-esteem, if you felt good about yourself, um, you would... Never be drawn to someone like that in the first place. The first time someone like that asked you out or got involved, you would have paid attention to the red flags that popped up, or you wouldn't even be attracted to someone like that at all. And that's often the case in, in these situations when I talk to someone who's, say, 50 years old and still has the issue with an ex-husband who's a uh, difficult, using nice words here, <laughs> I just say the least, and manipulate their children or things like that. Yes, some part of you created it because of your belief and your lack of self-worth and standing up for yourself. And some of us believe that love and hate are the same thing and entwined and all kinds of issues. But most of the people I know, they're long since those beliefs. They've changed them. So they experience very different relationships now. They wouldn't be drawn to someone like that anymore. But it does us no good to pretend that we had no hand in it at one level or another, uh, because we never can really move forward. You'll spend lifetime after lifetime being a victim of circumstances without owning it. When you own it, you become empowered to uh, understand it, uh, forgive yourself, and and be able to move on. On the other end, owning that you created a difficult experience is not about self-recrimination you don't then say, "Oh my God, I'm so stupid and I'm such an idiot because I should have known better and how could I have let myself?" Do. No, never. That's that's not what we're doing. I own that I created a burned foot. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beat myself up over my stupidity of it. You know, and, and think about that. For me, who is a teacher uh, of helping people navigate through life more effectively, you know, I could take that as a great shame. That I at 52 years old, I still have lessons like this once For all I should know better. Uh, no, I'm not doing that. It's uh, very infrequent that I have experiences like this in that sense. I, I'm, I'm much healthier. Um, and certainly in the future, if I have a pedicure and it starts to hurt, I probably won't ever have one again anyway, by the way. Uh, I don't really I don't want to be as pretty as possible. I don't really care about my feet that much. <laughs> I don't want them to look gross, but I'm not that much of a fanatic. I ain't going to be a foot model. Um, but uh, if I were to have another pedicure and it sort of hurt, I would say something. You know what I mean? I know better now at one level or another. But I'm guessing that if I do that again, I won't have the same issue surface for that reason. And also because I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not beating myself up about all the things I need to do. I'm getting more comfortable with my receptive side. Things are coming very easy to me now because I'm letting them. I've changed my beliefs, I've changed my receptivity, and now I'm experiencing a different paradigm. And, and this stuff, by the way, again, is what I typically work with when I work with my regular clients in a regular way. Um, that's my goal, to help people navigate more effectively and experience more uh, success, more happiness, all those things that we're quite capable of. We don't have to suffer. Okay, so... That's our discussion for the day. I think we're running out of time here rapidly. Let me check the clock here. I'm babbling away. I don't even, oh, yeah, only two more minutes to go. All right. So it looks like we're going to wrap this particular one up. Uh, burn, baby, burn. If you're not already uh, getting my monthly column, email me at venturesag at com. I typically also post uh, the columns um, on Facebook, so uh, you can uh, uh, go to my uh, fan page. On Facebook as well. Again, if you're getting the monthly column, all that info is in there. So, you're able to uh, take advantage of it from that angle. If you're interested in any type of work or services or any of my books that I have out, uh, website, jimventure.com. Go check that out. You can uh, find out what's going on there. Uh, sometimes I run special promotions for new clients. Uh, you can also catch that often on my website, and that comes through my monthly column as well. So it, we are we're beginning spring, and uh, it's a lovely day here in Phoenix. It's cloudy and windy and only 70 degrees. Uh, last week it was literally in the 90s, which was nonsense. But now we're going back to our, quote-unquote, correct temperatures for a while. And I'm really thankful. So, uh, all right, guys, thanks for joining me today. I'll be likely back here next month for another radio show. Hopefully I'll be able to get in. Correctly uh, with the sites. Hopefully, they got everything fixed. So it was great chatting today. Hope you got some good insight and everybody have a good one. All right. Cheers.